It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. World, it's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen, coming at you each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine, make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, I want to talk about the Blazers' game against the Wolves. They played Minnesota in the first of two meetings Tuesday evening at the Moda Center. You're listening to Wednesday, February 14th show. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you celebrating. And if um, this isn't your holiday, happy Wednesday. Thanks for listening to the program. They hosted the first of two meetings against the Wolves on Tuesday evening. And they hung tough for three quarters. I want to talk about that game, uh, what we saw from the Blazers. The big takeaway for me is that we got an extended look at Amphrey Simons and Scoot Henderson, the backcourt of the media, <laughs> backcourt of the very near future. Uh, but for my money, probably not the long-term future. Probably not the backcourt of the future. But I, I want to see that I've you know I've been begging for this pairing to play together, and they finally did. Um, so we will talk about that in the second segment. And then I want to talk a little bit about Delano Banton, who had his you know second game with the Blazers and continues to um, show some weirdness that kind of helps. Um, helps the Blazers diversify what they're able to do on offense. And we'll talk a little bit about his future and the rest of the sort of young core as we move, as we close out the show. But first, let's do what we do. Fastest recap in the West. Blazers lose this game 121-109. And they were down 37-25 after one because Anthony Simons, or excuse me, Anthony Edwards. This is about all the ants. Um, one of the ants is a lot better than, than the other. And he was he was on the road team tonight. And Edwards had 18 in the first quarter. He was so stinking good. And the and the Wolves led 37-25 after one. But the Blazers hung tough, you know, down 12, but they cut it to eight at halftime. Uh 59 59-51 at the break. And 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 they were in it, right? Like the Minnesota's coming on playing the second game of back to back. And um it's like, hey, hey, they're they're kind of in the game. Uh the Blazers Keep it close throughout that third quarter. Uh, I you know, trailed by double digits, but but a a run, a strong run to close the quarter. 84-83 Wolves after three, and then early in that fourth quarter, Scoot Henderson takes a top of the key three. He gets fouled, makes three free throws. The Blazers go up by two. 86-84. The first three points of that fourth quarter. Here we go. Buildings rocking. Um, 15 seconds into the fourth quarter, Portland has a chance to take the best team in the West, maybe the team playing better than anyone else in the NBA right now. Celtics are pretty good. But like 
Minnesota coming off a huge win against the Clippers, playing playing really, really, really good basketball, second night of a back-to-back, and now all of a sudden they're on the ropes down to uh, entering the fourth quarter, 15 seconds into the fourth quarter. What do they do? Well, they, whoa, the Wolves rip off an 18-4 burst. Nikhil Alexander-Walker hits four threes. They, from the, basically over the next five minutes, they outscore the Blazers 18-4, and that's your ball game. They take a 102-90 lead with 640 left in the quarter. Chauncey Billups calls a timeout. See ya. Uh, Blazers never get never truly threatened in the final six minutes, but they they were there. They were right in it until um, until they weren't there in the fourth quarter. And uh, Wolves going to cruise played. You know from that six minute mark, we ended up with bench clearing minutes the final 330 uh, of the game and the Wolves win 121 109 that's your fastest recap in the West the Blazers got their dudes back in this one that was the real big deal Amphrey Simons back in the game uh Back in the lineup, excuse me, Scoot Henderson available tonight and played pretty darn well, and Duop Reith was available as well, so we got to see basically what amounts to a healthy version of this team right now. All the guys with, um, you know, multi-day timeline injuries are, were out, but but those who were available to come back came back and played. Uh, Chauncey Billups changed, changed up his starting lineup, went with Amphrey Simons, Matisse Thibel, Tumani Kamara uh, next to Jeremy Grant and DeAndre Ayton. I, I think the reasoning there was that Kamara could guard Amphrey uh, Uh, could guard Ant Edwards Um, like he could be that point of attack defender because that that like would allow them to have someone to like truly stick on him in a way that Matisse Thibel's not that's not really his his strengths on defense and Jabari Walker brings a lot of rebounding but he's not that sort of mobile guard shifty guards type of uh, type of defender. This is going to sound crazy but I think that Tumani Kamara particularly early in the game did a fine job on Anthony Edwards. I think he, I think he, I think he guarded Ant pretty darn well, and Ant had 18 in the first quarter. It didn't matter. Um, he was making everything. He he got hot early, hit a hit a three early, and just started feeling himself, and was like, "Cool, I'm gonna hit like really tough jumpers. I'm going to attack the rim." He's so strong. Like he just was great in this game. Like he was MVP good. Um, Edwards is not going to get MVP votes, even though he did in the ESPN straw poll. Shout out to whoever voted for him. But like he's he's really good. Uh, Blazers were led by 22 from DeAndre, and DeAndre had 22 and 16. Started nine for nine from the field, missed one shot. It was 11 of 12 for his 22 points to go with 16 boards. Um, amazingly, d- doing what he does doesn't doesn't take a free throw. Um, but 9 for 9, the only shot he missed was like a little turnaround fader from the, from the uh, right block, excuse me, the left block. He was really he was really solid offensively in this game. I, I think early in the year, he was a little slower getting into his mid-range jump shot. It felt like he was like kind of confused at where he was going to get the ball on pick and rolls and stuff and where he was going to get to. And I feel like he has really figured out where his spots are going to be. Um, and I feel like he's got better chemistry with particularly with Scoot, where they had no chemistry to begin the season and it continuing to develop the chemistry that he's always kind of had with Anthony Simons. And he's just been more decisive and like um, figuring out where he's going to, particularly in the mid range, he rolled to the rim pretty well in this game, but I, I'm, I'm specifically talking about his mid range attack. I thought he's, he's kind of, he has a, a strong understanding of where to be. Um, Anthony Simons, Let's talk about him a bunch in the second segment. He had 20, but six of 19 shooting. Scoot Anderson, 14 and nine dimes. Delano Banton, 16 off the bench, but he did a little damage in, in garbage time. And Edwards had 41. 41, f- four boards. Uh, he 16 of 27 from the field. Just got got hot early, stayed hot forever. Um, 
help them help them really shut the door late. Um, he was he was really good. Carl Anthony Towns got in foul trouble early. He had three fouls and only played seven minutes in the first half. Only only ended up playing nineteen in the whole game. He had 13. 16 and fifteen for Rudy Gobert. Eighteen off the bench for Nikhil Alexander Walker, who had freaking four threes in six minutes in the fourth quarter to decide this game. Um, you know. I, I think the Blazers played well. I think they played well. And um, at this point in the season, I, I, I think it, it is a little redundant to say, you know, I'm proud, I'm proud of I'm proud of our sweet boys for playing tough. Um, and I, I think proud is probably the wrong word, but um, they're back to that level that they were at the beginning of the season where every night I think they're not, I don't think they're going to get blown off the floor. Like I just, you know, it was, when they were injured, they were kind of, um, at the beginning of January, they had a bunch of injuries and they just, the, the basketball was awful. And I think that was some injuries and some just kind of like the, the, the season kind of wearing on them. They've kind of gotten back on the boat and steadied themselves and kind of, um, they find themselves in a better spot just because just because of 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 some of health getting a little bit healthier and probably just um you know sometimes you really go through it and they were really going through it in early January um but I I feel like they're in a stretch where I expect them to be largely competitive in games now like this game got away from them right they were they all of a sudden they were down by as many as 20 uh, like it was like in the fourth quarter it was like whoops <laughs> this one's this one's over um because it just it just happened really quick it was you know they're up to and then it's like oh they just they got blitz because they're playing a really good team but I I came away feeling like yeah this is they played they played a really good team tough um and I'll try not to say this after every single game but I think they did play a really good team tough in 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 this one um and I I I was mostly had positive feelings coming out coming out of this but what I was really intrigued by was the pairing of Anthony Simons and Scoot Henderson and and when I asked Chauncey Billups after the game about it he said what I exactly what I wanted to hear you're about to see a bunch of it huzzah Let's talk about what it looked like uh, on Tuesday evening. But first, let me tell you about Hungry Root. Hungry Root is your partner in healthy living. It's the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. Here's how it works. You take a fun, short little quiz, and then Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, what kitchen appliances you use, and more about kind of how you get down in the kitchen. Then they'll build you a personalized card with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. Hungry Root's going to recommend recipes and groceries based on those personal tastes you share, but each order is customizable. So if they say, hey, you might like this, you can say, nah, and, and go right into your cart and, and, and add add things, take away things, um, you know, check out, the, browse the recipes and find out what you like, you know, take their suggestions or just choose anything you want. They got fresh produce, high quality meat and seafood. Uh, they got pantry staples if that's what you need. They got healthy snacks if you're just looking to get you through the day. They got sweets if you got a sweet tooth, plus ready to eat meals and much more. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. And right now, Hungry Root is offering my listeners over at Locked on NBA 40% off over here on the Locked on NBA channel. Uh, 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Locked on to get 40% off your first delivery and get free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Locked on. Don't forget to use that link so they know I sent ya. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league 
helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. The backcourt of the relatively near future hath arrived. Scoot Henderson returns after missing a couple games with an ankle injury, and he doesn't he doesn't start because he's, he seems like he's they're just going to keep him off the bench for the remainder of the season, although he played starters a minute, so what does it matter? And he played next to Anthony Simons. The thing, I've, if you're an everyday listener, I appreciate you if you are, I've been clamoring for it, that the, the, the post-trade deadline, the number one thing I want to see is Anthony Simons and Scoot Henderson play together. And it's not because I think this is going to unlock the perfect team and the Blazers will have finally figured it out and everything will have, you know, naturally fix itself because Scoot Henderson and Anthony Simons will play together. I want to see them play together precisely because it might not work. Precisely because it hasn't worked. They had to bail on it early in the year because it just absolutely, they got crushed in those minutes because Scoot wasn't very good to start the year. Uh, but then as they move forward, even the minutes that they separated, just Scoot or just Ant, were kind of equally effective, but it was like together they were still a mess. But it, this isn't this this isn't the season in Blazer land to run from it. Wins and losses aren't particularly important. What matters is getting as much data as you possibly can on the development of the roster and what it could look like into the future. And some of that has been taken out of their hands due to injuries. You're not going to see Shaden Sharp probably for the rest of the year. We'll see what happens. Obviously they, you know, they've they've missed big chunks of time with Simon's out and with DeAndre out and now Malcolm Brogdon's going to miss a couple weeks. Like some of the some of the like how does how does this fit together has been taken out of their hands so when they have the opportunity to 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 experiment i really 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 wanted them to see scoot and ant play together one of the reasons that they struggled together is that they're small the defense is always going to be a problem Anthony simon's playing two is just it's tough scoot is maybe going to be a competitive and good defender in the league but right now he's not a very good defender and he's always going to be the size that he is six two ish right um that matters. Even if you're a really good defender, 6'2 is 6'2. Like that, that, that you're always going to be that height. And Ant is just straight up has never been a good defender in his career and is, was, is not a good defensive player. And if you put a small, if Ant is next to, if Ant, if Anthony Simons is not the smallest player on the court, you're just, you're going to have a, some bad defensive lineups. That, that might just always be the case. But then, that that is sort of for the for the future, right? Is the defensive issues for the present? It's like, can they just can they be good on offense together, or did they both need the ball in their hands so dang much that they can't figure it out? Because the best version of Amphrey Simons has you know is playing kind of pick and roll, reading and making plays on offense, and you know getting into a shot off the dribble and putting pressure in the defense in an on ball role. And Scoot Henderson because he, he he's not a great spot up shooter and like and he's actually kind of been fine by the numbers, but they don't treat him like a good spot up shooter. Um like he's you know, he then he he can't be his best self if he doesn't have the ball in his hands and gets use athleticism and attack and make plays and all those things, right? Do they do they do they sap each other's skills so much that they can't be the future? Well let's find out. All of all of that sort of all of that pessimism, right? Who cares? Like, let's just see it. And tonight we saw it. Scoot Anderson checks in with 7.47 left in the first quarter and then plays uh, the following four minutes of the game, about 4.40 of the game, and the Blazers were outscored by seven in that first quarter. But Amphrey Simons, or 
Dang it. I've, this is the third time in this episode. Ant Edwards. I got too many ants in this game. Ant Edwards was cooking, right? Like plus minus in those little small sample sizes means like somebody made shots and, and Ant Edwards made shots. So they were minus seven. But one of the things I noticed there, as soon as Scoot checked in, you know who got the ball in his hand? Scoot. So I asked Anthony Simons about it after the game. It's kind of, what's that read like? Like when you're sharing with Scoot, what does that read like? And I thought Ann had a really mature response. He says, he said, now now he says, and I says, um, he said, uh, when I asked, like, if Chauncey Billups doesn't call a play, like if they're coming up the court, Billups probably calls, like, he, he's, he can get a, be a little hands-on sometimes, but uh, probably half maybe a little less but i would say half sometimes more depending on the game but like half the plays come from the bench and half are just go just hoop or or the point guard calls it on the way up the court but you know young team chance is gonna gonna kind of want to have some say say in it sometimes he needs to help them get organized because they're not organized but but ant said if in every case where billups doesn't call a play he's gonna let scoot go because he believes the best version of scoot is the point guard. It's his natural position. And, and Amphrey Simons said that he wants to maximize what Scoot can be. So if he's going to share the court with Scoot, he's going to just play or he's going to start in an off-ball role, right? He's going to start an off-ball role. And he mentioned, like, that's nothing new for him. He's played a bunch of shooting guard. He's played next to Damian Lillard. He knows what it's like when, you know, when you're off ball and then the ball swings to you and then you get your chance to attack or you get your chance to kind of find space as a shooter and get into shots. And I kind of pushed back against that. And I was like, well, Scoot isn't Dame, man. Like, come on. And he was like, it's true. It's not. It's not the same attention. And and a lot of times when Scoot has the ball, his man doesn't leave him. So in the past, like if, if, if Ant was playing off of Dame, his man might leave him to help because Damian Lillard is terrifying. Scoot Anderson is not terrifying he's a young player figuring it out so the the off-ball defender is still paying attention to, to ants and he said he talked about he he was saying when i asked him in a scrum this was like a public interview it's probably on the pleasures youtube page uh like that he uh that it's you kind of just you make your read right is like you he had a couple times in this game where he, the defense sagged off enough of him that he could get a shot off but if not you make your read you catch you see what happens you get into a second side action which is going to be another pick and roll or you attack in isolation and you and you and you go to work but every time ant wants to if he's on the court with scoot and there isn't a call coming from the bench he wants scoot to be the one to be the initiator and i think that is that is a maturity and understanding of like I'm better in an off-ball situation. And the most important thing for Scoot is maximizing his gifts. So every time, I'm not going to go grab it and, and say it has to be mine, but every time that we cross half-court in a non-transition situation, I want Scoot to initiate because that's the best for Scoot. It's the best for the team. It's the best for our future. I played okay their first five minutes. I thought it was fine. Um, you know, Ants... Uh, attacked early off a off a off a second side like when it, by the second side I mean they run a pick and roll on one side then the ball swings to the other side of the court and every time it's can ta- attack then um, you know there was there was a play where two plays where Scoot kind of one where he he dribbled into a jump shot one where he dribbled and rescreen screen 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 couldn't get a good uh, look off a screen kicked to Jeremy Grant in the corner for a three. There was a no-pass possession in transition where Anthony Simons gets a shot up. There's a no-pass possession in semi-transition where Scoot gets a shot up. But they're playing off each other. It wasn't awkward. Um, there was a couple s- segments in the second half that were that clearly there was a play coming in from the sideline and them, their sort of 
flow getting into it was a little bit awkward. One of them, Amphrey Simons hit a three off of. It was like an ugly play that didn't work out and hits a three from the right wing. Second quarter, they played an extended run, or they didn't, they played, excuse me, uh, less than they played in the fourth, or in the first. In the second quarter, they played less than they did in the first. They played just three minutes and 45 seconds, but they were plus three. So in the first half, and all told, played eight minutes together, minus four. You know, the, the team was minus eight. So they were fine. <laughs> they were fine in those minutes. Um, then Scoot Henderson basically played the whole second half. Uh, Matisse Leibel went out early in the in the second half, uh, minute ninety seconds into the second half, he checks out. Scoot comes in, and the Blazers play nine minutes of the third quarter with them together, which is this is what I want, like a full run nine minutes against the starting level team and the best defense in the NBA. And the Blazers were plus three in those nine minutes in the third quarter. It was totally functional. There were some awkward moments where it was like, "You go, I go," or actually, "Hey, wait," and then you could see Chauncey saying like, "You know, swing it to Ants," and then Oak oh, set the screen. DA not getting into the screen quickly enough, blah, 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 like some panic stuff. But for the most part, a functional offense. There weren't moments that looked like, oh, that's not going to work, as there had been early in the season because Scoot Henderson played better. They were better. Uh, fourth quarter got away from them. They played four minutes together. They're outscored by 12, 12 points in those four minutes. But that was during, that was just as the game was getting away. It was more about um, them not being able to defend. I think Ant was kind of bad in this game. Um, I, like I, I think I, I think as much as like I liked the balance and I liked that the Blazers went to it and I thought Scoop played really well. I thought his this was probably the best I've seen him run pick and rolls with DeAndre and that I can remember. I might be, that might be recency bias because I just watched this game and I'm now recording this podcast. But uh, this was I'll, I'll maybe maybe I'll hedge um, with the recency bias. This was one of the better games I can remember the. DeAndre and Scoot uh, uh, Henderson pick and roll working together and DA was making jumpers and I thought Scoot found him he had one really nice wraparound pass on a side on a on a right side pick and roll got it found uh, DA rolling all the way to the rim for a bucket it was a really nice feed um, I thought Scoot was I thought Scoot was legitimately good in this game and it wasn't and I, you know the offense like you know you look at you look at just like the raw field goal stuff like he was six of 19 from the floor including two of nine inside the arc it's the best defensive team in the league and and some of the blazer struggles is that they they just need ant to shoot a lot because they don't have a lot of other guys that can like get into shots and get themselves to the rim just like literally just like can't dribble from beyond the three-point line into where they need to go like that's just kind of that that's just maybe a a challenging truth of their roster, but I thought he was so on offense. Like, you know, the efficiency wasn't there, but I don't think he was that bad on offense. I think he was, I, I, I was, his defense bothered me a little bit. Um, I, I, they tried to hide him on Kyle Anderson and Kyle Anderson just like used his size and his strength to just kind of get what he wanted against Ant. Like he only made one shot, a little floating jump hook in the paint, but he got fouled. He got himself into the paint and got fouled. There was one where, where, where Anderson got into the lane late and, uh, Amphrey Simons fouled him and just smacked the the stanchion under the rim like truly mad that he let I, he I let him beat me again he you know Anderson is he's so slow and he's not a guy who looks at the rim and um if he's able to get where to his spots on offense and and like be aggressive and score it's a bad sign um it, I mentioned and I'll and I'll say this in in sort of in quickly because this is a it's a much larger conversation for another day but like I don't think this pairing is going to work long term, not because of their offensive skill sets, but just because of size. Um, And also because I think it would be a crime to make 
Blazer fans have to watch another undersized two guard play next to um, uh, uh, like a normal sized point guard, like another smallish backcourt duo heading into the future would be um, like insanity beyond like it would be like I think like Joe Cronin would probably have to go to jail for his crimes if he did that to to Blazer fans. Um, I, I don't think he will, but like that's like a sort of their fit and what the roster does is a conversation for another day. So but I think let's see this pairing as much as we possibly can going forward because what is there to lose and if it does end up working like if it does end up being like oh this offense works like this works then bigger conversations about what else would be needed um you know you can make you can start thinking about what that looks like um and also like there's no reason to run from it at this time of year lean into it lean into it. and they did and and Chauncey Billups said he he said in this post game when I asked he's going to play it a bunch for the rest of the season because he basically has to and he should um so great news I'm happy I thought it was fine in night one and let's see it night a million from here on out okay let's talk about funkiness and Delano Banton and the future of this roster because of the funk that's what we'll do to close the show but first I want to tell you about eBay Motors passion Drive, patience. It's what brings home that winning championship trophy. It's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain that vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers to roof racks to exhaust kits to LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts to choose from for your ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, baby, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Still a pass versus point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Delano Banson came off the bench tonight and scored 16 points. He had three assists, got five, had five boards, turned the ball over four times, and continued to be that type of weird basketball player that I cannot get enough of. But he didn't really play point guard. I heard an interview um, on my way to the arena today. I was listening to Rip City Radio and had an interview with Blazers assistant coach Jonah Herskew and Travis Demers, a Blazers radio play-by-play voice. Shout out to Travis and sure, shout out to Jonah, someone who who I've never talked to. Um, But uh, you... What Herskew said in that interview is that they liked what Banton did off the on the ball in his first game against the Pelicans. They liked him as a point guard, and they liked what he kind of the skill set um, that he brings to the to the table. But when everybody's healthy, he's going to play an off ball role, and I thought that was interesting, right? Because um, putting non shooters in off ball roles and you know in in the NBA is kind of tough tough 
it's a tough hill to climb, right? Like it's it's just a challenge because of the way the league works. If you don't if you're not if you don't have the ball in your hands and you're not a rim rolling seven footer, you kind of need to stand at the three point line and be ready to shoot it. Like that's how modern NBA offenses work. Other teams you can get more creative um, in different ways, but if you can't dribble and pass then it's hard to maximize that creativity. Um, Blazers offense is like super vanilla. They just like run a lot of pick and roll. Um, they're one of the league leaders in in, in, uh, in the NBA and just sort of that action. They 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 lean on it. Um, and, but prior to Benton joining the roster, the Blazers off-ball players were kind of, you know, their skill sets have, have kind of pigeonholed them into mostly being shooters like spacers that not, not a lot of them can shoot but spacers and then like timely cutters like Tumani Kamara becoming a, he's a pretty good cutter and, and 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 when he does cut with purpose he can be a pretty good offensive player um and uh you know Jabari Walker kind of gets himself cuts into space and finds little gaps and uh, Matisse Leibel doesn't really cut but he's um you know but he's 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 that off ball kind of spacer type um he's his shooting has really struggled since since we made it to 2024 but um they don't have a guy like Banton. They just don't have another sort of like big wing who can dribble. And Banton is skinny, right? Like the reason he's listed as a guard, as a point guard or a shooting guard is because he's skinny. He's like a, he is a guard for sure. But his interesting skill set really intrigues me. It really does. You know, if you're an everyday listener, you know that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like a, a, a sucker for like non-shooters who can, who make plays like Kyle Anderson. <laughs> fun weird player i like him um you'll recall if you've been listening to a long time that at one point i was in favor of the blazers chasing kyle anderson free agency during the dame era would he have fit well i don't know but i like i like him i like you know big big weirdos who can't shoot who can dribble and pass Banton is that and in an off-ball role he allows the blazers to do some different stuff because you have more players on the court who can attack off the bounce more players off the court who can read a cutter more players off the court more players on the court excuse me who can run a pick and roll who can you know just get the ball get themselves into the paint off the dribble and then make a play either to get a shot off or to pass uh, out of out of those uh, those plays into the paint Banton adds that funk adds that interesting sort of like three guard element to what the Blazers have been trying to do except he's six seven or whatever six 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 seven like he's wing sized um and i I think that's really curious here's the thing if i had to guess right now today i bet delano banton isn't on the roster in the fall he's got a non-guaranteed contract for next year the blazers can exercise uh can you know keep him past the guarantee date if they want him to be on the roster and it's partially guaranteed so they could keep him and kind of bring him into camp and make some decisions and yada 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 right like that's that's a conversation for the offseason but if if i had to guess because his contract is partially guaranteed and has some trigger dates i would guess he's not on the team because the Blazers have a bunch of young parts that are under guaranteed contract. Chris Murray didn't play tonight. I mean, he did, but in garbage time. He played the final three, 3.30. Obviously, Ryan Rupert, the second-round pick last season, is like watching and and um, and not not part of the rotation every night. You still have Anthony Simons, and you still have Shaden Sharp, and you still have Scoot Henderson all, all sort of on the roster. The Blazers have four draft picks in this upcoming draft, two firsts and two seconds. I think it's wild that they would bring... Um, four rookies into this particular group after kind of how they've um, positioned themselves. But I it wouldn't, two seems pretty reasonable for turning four draft picks into two rookies who are in camp. I think that's that's like a safe bet, particularly if two of the picks are in the top or in the lottery, depending on what happens with the Warriors. But even if two of the picks are like in the first 20 picks in the draft, 
safe bet that they'll they'll have both of those guys on the roster. Certainly, there's a million permutations that can happen between now and then. So, Ben's probably not part of the long-term future, the same way that Anthony Simons and Scoot Henderson probably aren't the long-term backcourt of the future, right? But I think what we, what we, the viewing public, landed on here, like what we're kind of what we're watching, is the Blazers getting to experiment with skill sets, and I think that matters, huh? What if they had another big wing who could dribble and pass? That's interesting. And what if that big wing was a non-shooter? Could, does that disrupt everything? Or does the dribbling and the playmaking kind of offset some of the non-shooting because they can attack and get into space and they can pass and more dudes who can pass kind of unlocks what Chauncey Billups has at least said a couple times that he how he wants to play each, each season, even though if they haven't kind of been able to dial into it at any point. And I, I think... The experimenting with skill sets and the seeing different types of players play off of Jeremy Grant and off of Amphrey Simons and off of Scoot Henderson, you get a sense of kind of what you could build with into the future. Delano Banton might not be part of the long-term plan. He might just be a short-timer. But he his the, the strangeness of what he brings is so alluring to me. And even if it isn't Banton who is that in the future, knowing what additional playmaking looks like next to Scoot Henderson has value. No doubt about it. And so bring the funk. Let's, let's let Bantz as much, you know, maybe not as much. I don't, we don't need to, we, I don't think any of us need to watch, you know, Banton played 26 minutes tonight. He played 23 before um, garbage time. So he played like half the game. That's great. This, I think that's great. That's a, that's a good number for him to kind of get out there and see what he does and, 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 you know, offer some different skill sets. Still not much of a shooter. I thought his hands were, you know, he got himself dribbled into traffic a couple times where he lost the ball, had, had a layup opportunity on a great feed from Barry Walker that he just straight up dropped. Uh, like he's imperfect and interesting and weird. Uh, but I think that added playmaker, more guys who can make plays is really something I'm intrigued with uh, moving forward. Uh, I also talked to Banton in the locker room after the game, and I have a really good Banton story. I'm going to share it with you on tomorrow's show. Come back and listen to that one. It's what we do five days a week wherever you get podcasts, and also on YouTube. Um, if a Delano Banton story doesn't do it for you, let me let me tell you right now. It's fun. It's a fun story, and it's a fun show. We try to have fun here and kind of um, consider the Blazers' past, I guess more like present and future. We're not doing much past these days, but um, if you're rocking with me, come back tomorrow and let's do it again. And then the Blazers play the T-Wolves on Thursday night. Friday's show will be a recap of that game. Then we're at the All-Star break. That's pretty fun. We got we got shows ahead five days a week. Um, wherever you get podcasts, also on YouTube. I think I already told you that. How about you do this? Tell your friends about the podcast. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.